When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Welcome to it, Roadshow Thursday. It's Hale Varsity Radio here at the Single Barrel inside the Graduate Quarter of Ninth and P. Uh, I always love the saying Uncle Nate used to talk about: get them fed and watered. You can get fed, you can get watered at the Single Barrel. Incredible steaks, chops, breakfast buffet daily. And behind me, if you're watching the stream, Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Knocking on wood, that's where all the whiskeys are kept, or I should say the reserves are kept. So you are invited, Don. We're here home football Thursdays. Excited to hope and see you out here at the Single Barrel in downtown Lincoln. Back here for game day Saturdays, this Saturday, 3-5 to ahead of Northern Illinois. Can get in and join us today here at Hale Bar City at 489 1240, 489 1240, or 1 800 825 5865. And we got all sorts of comments coming in. Uh, Matthew's wondering when I'm going to be at Cunningham's on the lake again. Uh, I don't know if Junior is going to play baseball out that direction in the near future. If so, we will get the uh, the hall pass from Doug Duda to, uh, to get out there. Love Duda and the Great folks at Carney and Hastings and the Superstation. The answer is, I don't know, Matthew. Uh, Rhett uh, chimes in, ready for a win. He's back for more. Mike is saying something about uh, Matthew's comment. I'm going to play Randy Quaid's part in Major League Two for the season, I think. I have not really seen Major League Two in a long time. Quite frankly, it shouldn't have been made. Major (laughs) League Three shouldn't have been made. Major League is where you should have stopped. They didn't, and it's quite unfortunate. Elijah, how are you doing today? What's well, the thing with bad sequels, Schmidt, is you can just pretend they don't exist. I didn't know there was a Major League 3. I knew, th- I knew there was a Major League 2. I had never seen it. Major League 3, never it's even knew it was back in the minors, I believe. So, so you can just pretend it never <laughs> happened. In your own mind, it doesn't. It doesn't have to exist to you personally. So uh, that's kind of how I feel so, about, about the, the first two games of the Husker season is they don't exist in my own mind, therefore you. they didn't happen. <laughs> I was, I was going to uh, it, it's not a lie if you believe it, right? The old Costanza line. Here's my question. Was, was Colorado a – was it a worse sequel? Was it a bad sequel to the opener with Minnesota? Mm. I mean, two ways of different losses, but kind of the same way. And you don't want the uh, – the dirty trifecta. You don't want that to be a, an zero and three deal. Come about midnight when you're looking for more beer Saturday night after Nebraska, Northern Illinois. I don't. I don't think there's going to be a a horrid 
uh, trilogy with Nebraska football in 2023. I do think it'll be a new movie, but some of the same, maybe some of the same actors on Saturday. We do not know about Jeff Sims. We don't know his status. He's improving. We have plenty to hear from Matt Rule about coming up here shortly. On the guest list today is Brandon Vogel from Counter Reed. Vogues will check in with us in 15 minutes. Gary Barnett, uh, he is not going to be wearing a hat or sunglasses when he talks to us. So Barney will join us at 5 o'clock. Jabba Chamberlain scheduled at 525. And then Danny Burke will join us. Some gambling to get you into that Thursday night NFL action. Big ball game for the Vikings. They dropped kind of a head scratcher, quite honestly, to Tampa. And the Philadelphia Eagles are, are trying to get back to the promised land. So some fun NFL. You have Minnesota tonight. You have Kansas City, Jacksonville. On Saturday, on Sunday, who do your donks play? They play the uh, the Commanders. Yeah, I almost called ah. them, I almost called them their old name, but I'm not going to do that. None in the swear jar for me today. Yeah. So that that might be the most enthralling NFL action of the day on Sunday. Broncos, Commanders, get the popcorn ready. That's going to be a, a slugfest to say the least. And I'm kidding. Seventeen, I'm fourteen. Yeah. It's, oh, thirteen to ten if we're lucky. No, I get it. I get it. So we'll dive into some Nebraska, and uh, you're welcome to join us. Uh, also find us on the Twitter handle at HVarsity Radio for Hale Varsity Radio and the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Find Elijah on Twitter at Herbal Essence at Schmidt underscore radio for me, Chris Schmidt. So we're here at the Single Barrel till 6. Come on by. I have koozies. I have more koozies. I have shades. Uh so, yeah, I can get you uh, all set up for, for some Saturday fun. So, listen, uh, wanted to, to get a thought here on quarterback play, Elijah, because that is the topic du jour. I will get the stake of the day from our friends here at the Single Barrel to tell you all about, but well, there's not a bad choice. If you're getting the stake of the day for yourself, you need to get me a stake as well for the stake in a beer bet last Thursday whenever we picked Lions and Chiefs, if you remember. I, I just, think I picked the Buffs by a lot. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't talking Friday. about the Buffs. I wasn't talking about the Buffs because I think you picked Nebraska to win that one and I picked CU to win no, that I, one. I, I, I did. And I'm then I, I picked revise, the Lions. So that I'm trying could to be. revise history. I'm trying to revise history and, and, and get out of the line of fire here for – but I would buy you a steak. We've split a steak here before. We have. We have. We, 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 we did the Nebraska just, we charcuterie board. We split a steak. We, we, we split their carnivore board, which was two steaks, like a pound of sausage, yeah. and a giant burger yeah. with some hollandaise sauce or some sort of flavored goodness that was outstanding and the steak we had we had a we had a ribeye and we had a strip yep yep and they were i mean they were absolutely thick oh, don't forget they were o-line don't forget. they were o-line thick and you and i just beat that thing down waddled out and it was all good to go oh i had the meat sweats and you're because you're forgetting the fifth protein there was the burger there was the two steaks there was the sausage and then there was the brisket oh yes yeah. What am I doing? Slap me. I forgot about the brisket here at the single barrel. It's it's fantastic, too. But the steaks are incredible. They have some dirty rice here that is outstanding as a side. If you don't want to go baked potato 
and and I'm usually a baked potato guy, but you absolutely have to go with the dirty rice here. Uh, they have peppercorn that makes Bill Dolman blush. And so it's incredible. It's it's absolutely wonderful. So you are invited down to the single barrel Thursday nights, home football weeks, and for sure Saturdays as well. Three to five this Saturday here with the Hale Varsity Weekend Edition. So quarterback is the topic. Can we have a couple of honest discussions about quarterback? You hope Sims is healthy. You hope to follow up Mike Babcock's point yesterday that you see you want to be able to see all three not out of necessity, not because Sims can't go or not because he gets pulled or Harburg gets dinged or goes in and is, is ineffective, so you turn to pretty. You don't want a quarterback merry-go-round. You want your starter to settle and, and be good. You want your backup, Harburg, to build off of some positive moments he had in Colorado. And then you went pretty to be healthy and show off that arm talent that made him a four-star in Florida State recruitable. Okay, all those things need to happen Saturday against a team that you're showing lots of respect to, but you should be able to line up and do what your identity is to this point, and that's be a physical football team that can run the football with it, with some passing sprinkled in uh, on on your timetable versus trailing and having to throw right Mm -hmm. that's that's the key for nebraska but here's what i think we need to to ask ourselves about sims and rule and satterfield and the nebraska quarterback situation this isn't to tear the band-aid off again on casey thompson that's not where i'm going I'm, i'm talking about going out and getting a guy like sims why do you do it it really wasn't questioned at the time as to, okay, here's a quarterback in the portal that has experience. Would you take him? And the answer was yes. But did you take him because you liked him above all else? Or did you take Sims because, all right, there's a chance Casey's dinged with the shoulder. And there's a chance Casey may leave anyway. There's also a chance from a fit standpoint, it's not as, 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 um, as perfect as we'd like for the offense you want to run. Okay, so there's that off to the side. What do we know about Harburg and Pretty? We know that they got time, but we know that they've not played a lot of football. And we don't honestly know, since they've both been here, how much practice time they've gotten. We know they're getting reps. We know they're getting practice time, Elijah. We know they're getting better Monday through Thursday, at least with the opportunity to throw a football and run an offense. We know that is happening under rule. We don't know how much, how little, how how often they got dusted off to actually go practice the offense when they were at Nebraska pre-rule. So they're they're kind of learning on the job, which is which is real right now. And you may have to turn to both of them or for sure one of them if Sims can't go. We'll know tomorrow. We'll know at kickoff probably. Uh, if Sims can go or not, but back to back to Sims, Nebraska needed another quarterback option, and and Sims may have been the one they could get, versus the one they wanted. So you kind of take what you can get. Maybe that's what this has turned into, with the turnovers, the history, and a guy you're waiting to a get healthy and b bounce back and b as dynamic as he was coming out of Jacksonville in high school. 
it's not worked out that way in college. And uh, you can always change and be better. But Nebraska, I think, just kind of took what they could get. At this point is what it's looking like right now because of their quarterback room. Yeah, and the quarterback room is the, the downfall of the, the entire team right now. And that's, that's not to be mean. I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat things, though. And whenever you look at the team as a whole, it comes down to the quarterback room. And one of the reasons why I think there's so many people calling for the backups, it reminds me of a situation that the Denver Broncos had back in, what was this, 2010? Pick a year that Elway or Manning was not behind center. I, I was going to go with the, the Kyle Orton year whenever he was having problems. And the fans <laughs> in Denver, who are they calling for? They're calling for Tim Tebow. And what the Broncos yeah. thought, the front office thought they had the worst backup quarterback in football in Tim Tebow. They did not want to play him. The coaching staff didn't want to play him. He was absolutely what terrible Timmy in do? practice. He comes in, his first nine games that he starts, he gets eight wins. The dude who came in, he was a gamer. He was a winner despite what they saw in practice. At practice, they thought he was awful, but they said, okay, it's not going to get much worse. Our playoff hopes are, are, are slim to none, and Slim's already left town. That, that's what it felt like. So they go, okay, fine. We're going to throw this guy, Tim Tebow, out there. The fans want to see him. We'll keep him happy. Whenever he goes and inevitably fails, we'll put Kyle Orton back into the game. What does Tim Tebow do? He just ends up winning. Was he good? No, but he was a winner. It's as simple as that. And that's why fans want to see, I, I think, what Nebraska has in Heinrich Harburg because how many truly significant snaps has Heinrich Harburg played at Nebraska? And when I say significant, I don't mean by sheer number. You say, oh, the guy's going to go play a significant number of snaps. And I'm not talking significant number. I'm talking in terms of game importance. How many significant snaps has Heinrich Harburg played? You could argue a couple from the Colorado game. More realistically, you can argue it's a big fat goose egg because the game was pretty much out of hand by the time Harburg came in against Colorado. And, and you don't know what you have whenever that guy is playing with the game on the line. Husker fans want to see Heinrich Harburg, but at the same time, that's a risk to run if you're the Husker coaching staff because you've seen Jeff Sims. He's played a lot of snaps. He's played a lot of football. You know what he is right now? It's a guy who's going to turn the football over, and, and that kind of comes the, the question for this coaching staff and the, the team as a whole is what can you do to try to alleviate some of the pressure from Jeff Sims, make things a little bit easier for him so he's not forced to be doing too much. As Matt Rule said today, we'll get some thoughts from Matt Rule and why he thinks Casey Thompson, or excuse me, Jeff Sims has struggled to start the year. But that's what you've seen so far from Sims. And Husker fans want to see what the, the next guy can do because you just haven't seen him out in the field. And that's why I think Mike brought up a really good point yesterday on the show that I think this Husker coaching staff should have a plan for Heinrich Harburg to get into the game on Saturday, regardless of what Jeff Sims' status is. If, it's, if the third quarter rolls around, I think you should have some snaps planned in for Heinrich Harburg to get some reps with the first-team offense to go up against that first-team Northern Illinois defense. Because if it's a close game, you're going to sit back and say, well, Jeff Sims isn't doing enough. We need to figure out what we have in the next guy because it shouldn't be a close game against Northern Illinois. I know Matt Rule was complimentary of them today, but let's face the facts. When Nebraska plays Northern Illinois, it should not be a close game. So if it's close, you get Heiner Carberg in. If it feels like Nebraska's starting to pull away, you put Heiner Carberg in before Northern Illinois or, or you as the Huskers pull your first team offense. Regardless, I think based on what we've seen so far from Sims this year, you need to get Heiner Carberg some significant snaps to get his feet wet in case you, you come to the, the possible eventuality that Heiner Carberg is going to be your guy against Michigan. That's a, a realistic possibility come two weeks from now. Well, and Anonymous, and Anonymous, you make good points. It'd be wonderful to put your name to things, but he says Nebraska's 25 and 51 in their last 76 games. Stop with the talk that Nebraska's going to impose their will on anybody. Well, if you look at the resources, the recruiting rankings, and you are right, Anonymous, on the field, it's a different story. Should is the operative word. Nebraska should be able to line up 
and run the football uh, based on what you've seen the last two weeks. They've run it well enough. It'll be a challenge against Northern Illinois because their front is good, and you don't know what Northern Illinois team you're going to get. you got a seven-year quarterback that lost to a lower division team that's decent, and then you had a, an overtime thriller at Boston College. Boston College ain't great, but that's still a, a nice win for them. It's a win. Nebraska's searching that out. Brennan, from our, our friend from the Black Hills, chimes in on the, uh, the mother of all yin-yang questions we'll get to in about 20 minutes. But uh, he chimes in on Harburg here. Let's hope the Harburg experiment goes better than the Luke McCaffrey experiment if we go down that road. Uh, McCaffrey's doing great things as a slot receiver. If only he would have listened. Hale Varsity is live here at the Single Barrel inside the Graduate Home Football Thursdays. We invite you down. Great steaks and whiskey. Brandon Vogel on the way. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Just to be clear, Chris is to my right and it is a just a Diet Coke. It's not rum and coke not yet <laughs> uh we're back here at the single barrel love being here uh for the fall for football and we welcome in a guy who can fire up a steak is at a high level he's a five-star steak guy hunkered in his football office it's brandon vogel from counter read at brandon l vogel on twitter vogues uh, how many meaningful snaps have you taken brother elijah and i are trying to figure out what we've done collaboratively uh, and, and we're short. We're, we're short for for a Saturday start. <laughs> um, yeah, I can contribute zero meaningful snaps to to that equation. So I don't know if that puts you guys over the top or not. Um, I'm going to assume no. But yeah, in terms of playing in front of 80, 80 plus thousand people, zero. I have zero snaps to add to that 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 conversation. Unfortunately. Any any high school Al Bundy story time we can get on the Well, those those snaps were certainly meaningful to me, um, and I guess uh, if we're if we're including those from the mid nineties, nineteen nineties, I I played a I played a bunch of snaps uh, then, but I'm not. I'm not so sure how much it helps anybody now, um, but yeah, played four years of football, uh, enjoyed it. Kind of didn't. It, here's an old guy thought: I maybe didn't enjoy it enough because I didn't realize at 18 years old that like, oh, you can keep like like if I want to play a adult league baseball, I can do that tomorrow. If I want to mm-hmm. play pickup basketball, I can do that tomorrow. You can't really play football without like. 50, 50 plus people helping you do it. So underrated. Brandon, how many uh, fumbled shotgun snaps in your entire high school career? Wow. Um, the same, the same amount of shotgun snaps plus 
under center snaps for me, which would be zero. So um, we're we're, we're I'm sure I fumbled. I, I, I'm sure I fumbled somewhere somewhere along the way um, as a pass catcher, um, but but not, none of them were snaps. So at least I've got that. Brandon Vogel with us from uh, Counter Read, counterread.com, at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter is where you find him. And I want to get a thought from you on just the last two weeks and applying it to Saturday. What do you think happens at quarterback for Nebraska? And is it dire or is it fixable? Have you assessed just where – I still think it's paramount to get to six. I think that's got to happen. I'm not saying bad things happen if they don't, but let's just talk about the sanity of the state. You got to get to six this year, and you got to find someone behind center that that gets it done. And it's not all on him, but he's helped. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, I think if Sims is able to go, he goes on Saturday. And, and I don't, from my perspective, I don't know if that's the wrong decision. Um, here's the thing. And I wrote about this a little bit today in, in our, in our game preview on, on counterread.com. You could look at this and say like, oh, it's this, this is the Jeff Sims you knew you were getting like a lot of, you know, he had a lot of turnovers at Georgia tech. His passing numbers were not, um, off, off the charts, you know, we're not talking about Caleb Williams here. Um, rushing numbers, good, which we, we've seen all of those things at, at Nebraska so far. That said, his passing numbers are so far below what you would even expect from him coming from Georgia Tech that, in my mind, it's extremely likely that the passing numbers are going to get better. Like, you would expect him to, I mean, he's played enough football at this point. You would expect him to end up around his career averages passing, which would still be a little bit below average. But the question I asked in that story that I wrote was, okay, if that's, if that's all you get, if you, if you get a guy who maybe ranks 70th in, in passing, however, however you want to measure that, is that enough for Nebraska to win some games? Is it enough for Nebraska to win six out of its remaining 10 games? In my view, I think it probably is. So if Jeff Sims plays the majority of the season behind center at Nebraska from here on out, like you'll have a couple of good games from him passing. You'll have a couple more maddening games, I think. Um, but just given how low the bar is right now, based on the first two, like he, he's almost, he seems like a really, really good bet to improve as a passer unless the receiving core, some other things just don't allow for that, which is, which is possible. So for me, I, I, I tend to put my trust in the coaches who watch all of the practice snaps, watch everything for Northern Illinois. It's, it's a little bit of a different discussion. Like I think you could win with Harburg or, or Purdy. And that's, that's the most important thing. So we'll, we'll see where Sims is at health wise, but I, I'm not at a point yet where i'm willing to put it like just all on him like i think nebraska could win games with him if he just plays to the level that he played at at georgia tech and brandon what's interesting to me about playing to the level that that he did at georgia tech is quarterbacking is not done in a vacuum 
uh, with the offensive line, with your pass catching options, and, and that's kind of where I where I want to go with this in terms of if we're assuming that Jeff Sims is a go for Saturday, couldn't you argue that a, a barometer for success for this Husker offense? is not how well Jeff Sims plays. It's actually how little Jeff Sims airs the ball out. you got to expect that with what this, this coaching staff has preached through the offseason, what we've seen from this offense through two games, that they're going to want to try to run the ball early and often and try to limit what Jeff Sims has to do with the ball in his hand. So is that a, a barometer of, of achievement for this Husker offense on Saturday, just how little Jeff Sims actually has to throw the football? Yeah, I think so. And I think that that probably applies to the majority of the season remaining. You know, maybe you get in a game where you you have to throw it 30 times with him. um, And we'll see how that goes. But to this point, I think he's only at I'm I'm forgetting the number off his his passing attempts aren't that high, even when you include sacks in there. So so they've really been committed to what we know about how they want to play and in my opinion right now how they almost have to play which is which is heavily reliant on the run the good news if you're a nebraska fan for saturday i think is northern illinois may not be totally set up to stop that it's it's not a group that that challenges that idea on its face or at least it hasn't through through two games so I expect I expect Saturday to be pretty similar to last week and that seemed like everybody went into that game and be like, well, yeah, you just hand it off. You run it as much as you can. That's where I was at. Um, and, and Nebraska tried to had a little bit less success than I would have expected. But you look at the numbers at the end of the game. Not bad here. I think they do it again. It's, it's part of why I think like if they hold Sims out and, and go with one of the backups, you're you're not it's not a, a five alarm fire um, because that's, that's, that's the path. Like you have more trust, or at least I have more trust in the run game at this point than I do the passing game. And some of that's due to Sims, but some of that's just due to what Nebraska has as a, as a team as a whole. Brandon Vogel with us here from counter read. We're here at the graduate uh, inside the graduate single barrel is where we're at Thursday nights here, home football week, Saturdays as well. Vogues, we look at Nebraska and we'll hear it in next segment, but you got to get rule and his post practice. Huh. It would appear we're having some connection issues with Schmidt out at the single barrel. <laughs> Brandon, where do you think he was going with that question? You got to catch Matt. I, I don't. <laughs> I, I caught. I got parts of it. Um, so I'm not sure. I needed. I needed the help of like. Here's. Here's what he said. What do you think? Yeah, and that's where I'm was wondering as well. I'm going through the cuts here, trying to be like, hmm, where would he have gone? First? Okay, there, there, there we go. go. There we go. He's back. Schmitty, we're you, back. You, you we, were, just, we, just, we just had a little hiccup. And you were we right in the middle of hiccup. asking a, a, a great question to Brandon about catching Matt Rule, what he had to say today, and then you trailed off right before you said the most important part. That is these two camps Rule talked about. Mm. Guys that are new and are 0-2, guys that have been here, doing time like Andy Dufresne and have not gone bowling. 
how do you manage that if you're rule? And, and he said, you know, one game, one snap at a time. But it's a psyche question again for another week. Yeah, it it it, it is, and um, I think kind of one snap, one game at a time is 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 all you can do with it because you know for some of these young guys, a, a Cameron Linhart, let's say wants to win as as badly as any college football player out there i presume and has had some really good success in in two games as a true freshman on the defensive line which is which is remarkable um that said he hasn't had to carry the weight that a luke reimer has of like oh you know and, and really in anybody who's who's been around for for multiple years of like we put everything we have into this and it wasn't enough over the past two, three years, however many you've been here, you've done it twice now this year. And it also, it also hasn't quite been enough. So it's not like that load gets lighter. Um, which is why I think Saturday's, you know, really important. Northern Illinois is a, they beat Boston college. They lost an FCS team. It's hard to know what to make of them, but we know, as ter- in terms of a program, a, a program that is used to winning. Um, and those are always dangerous in, in these type of games. So I look at Saturday as, you know, Nebraska probably needs a proof of concept win. Um, as much to bring those two groups together, like at that point then maybe, and maybe this is putting too much on one game, but maybe you don't have two factions. Maybe then everybody can come together and be like, well, we're one and two. Let's see what we can do from here. Until you get there, though, um, yeah, it, it's, it's easy to be somewhat divided because everybody's putting in a similar amount of work. It's just a matter of how much you've had to endure um, to this point. Vogues, what's coming up with Counter Reed and where can folks find you here about 20 seconds? Yep, uh, it's just at counterread.com is where you can find us and, and find the newsletters that we put out tomorrow. Got a look around the Big Ten, plus a special focus on Nebraska, looking at the lines. So if you're interested in uh, projections against the spread, you can uh, you can go there for that. Love it. Brandon Vogel with us at Brandon L. Vogel. Vogels, we'll talk Saturday. Thank you. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity here at the Single Barrel. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, as uh, we're here at the Single Barrel uh, on Thursdays, home football weeks, and then Saturdays as well. Uh, you have uh, plenty to get into from Matt Rule. We'll get there in a moment. Gary Barnett coming up here in 20 minutes. And uh, Jabba Chamberlain also checks in uh, about 525. We'll spend time with him. Can watch us here on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. So let's dive into rule here, Elijah. And uh, you have the, the Sims update. He's progressing. Uh, Purdy's doing the same. And uh, you have Teddy. Uh, let's hear about Teddy. That's going to be key. Uh, Nebraska's O-line's been all right. It's different with Teddy in the ball game. Yeah, he's getting – I mean, he's he's really rounding into shape. He's practicing well now. So I think, um, I think uh, you know, you could see him this week potentially. All right. 
So maybe, yay. Are you are you putting money down, even money that, that Teddy's in? Oh, that didn't sound too resounding for me. Uh, I don't I don't okay. know. We, we we feel good about where he is. We're hoping to see him. That's that's no no. I'm not willing to put my money down just yet. More from more from rule on on the why, right? He's a big why guy. Why has Sims struggled? I think Jeff is an excellent player, and um, um, you know I think the his best football has not been seen yet. Um, I think uh, he probably's. Um, you know, I don't want to answer for him, but I would say just uh, I think he's probably just really wants to win and trying to do things to make us to win instead of just playing each play. And so that's really the whole message of our program is just really just to be in the moment and win the rep and play the play, and you're not going to win every play. And so uh, unfortunately for us in the first two environments, some plays by a lot of different guys have you know been have gone from bad to almost catastrophic. And that's we're learning those lessons the hard way. Um, but yeah, I think I think Jeff deeply cares, and so because he cares so much, um, I think sometimes maybe he, like a lot of our guys on offense, are just pressing and trying to do a little too much instead of just letting the play come to them. He's right. There's a handful of guys that that are pressing, some old, some new, and uh, that learning how to win aspect is very prominent with this program. Uh, just not. Two games into the rule era. Cut seven here on learning how to win because that's that's the key right here. When you talk about learning how to win, that's one of the great lessons of learning how to win is everyone has to just stay in their role and do their job at a really high level. And then when they have a chance to make a play, and so it's you can see it with Jeff at a high level because he's the quarterback, but I can see it all across the board. Because um, you know, a lot of guys I have a lot of not a lot of older guys here that haven't won a ton of football games, and they so desperately want to win. And so, um, it's what we're working through right now. So, they are desperate, Elijah, and and that's not a, a knock; it's a reality. They want to find a way to get into the win column and and go beyond just one and build on that to two to three to to kind of be what they're hoping to be. But there's always something that pops up with this program the last few years. And again, that's, that's not on rules tab. It's two games in and that's how he's looking at it, but it is something that you got to really assess and, and spend time with just go play, right? Easier said than done. Just go play and just go play one snap at a time. That's boring, but it's true. And it's where this team's at right now. Yeah, and part of that to me also comes down to knowing what you are as a football team and who you are as a football player. Knowing if you're doing too much in a time when you can't because a guy like Jeff Sims, him doing too much in a moment, if you replace him with Johnny Manziel, it's not Johnny Manziel doing too much because Johnny Manziel has the ability and he's yeah, back. Johnny's to making a play. Johnny's making a play. Sims is doing too a much. A winning play. That, 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 that's the thing. And I think part of that comes down to knowing, and, and that's, that's part of, of learning as the season goes on, learning who you are, knowing your place within an offense, within a defense, what have you. I don't want to single out Jeff Sims here because Matt Rule made sure not to, and I, I think it is important to note that this is not limited to Jeff, just Jeff Sims. It comes down to knowing who you are as a football player, too, and knowing your own personal limitations. Like, if Johnny Menzel drops a snap, he goes and, and scrambles around in the pocket, drops the ball, flings it up in the air, catches it himself, and finds a, a Texas A&M player in the back of the end zone for a touchdown against Bama. 
whenever it happens to Jeff Sims, Jeff Sims has to know for him at that moment with how good your defense is playing, the right play for you is to jump on that football and make sure nobody else can pick it up. It's not about making a play Throw in that it moment. away. There, there's yeah. differences in teams. There's differences in players. And I think that's part of the learning process this team is still going, uh, still a part of right now, not just learning how to win, but also learning who you are as a football team. Well, and you, you feel for the seniors, but you also feel for Sims because it's not been – a great college career wins and losses wise. I mean, he's done some, some wild things. He's got all sorts of talent, but the, the main thing's kind of the main thing. And that's the turnovers that, that kill you. And, and that's been what, what he has been a part of now at two different stops. So let's get into the mood. I think I have a, a decent idea about what the mood of the team is. I know what the want of the team is, but the mood right now, Coach Rule talked about that a little bit earlier. There's a dichotomy here. There's two different, you know, there's probably like two different groups, right? There's me who's sitting here like, man, we're 0-2. Okay, well, we're so close to Minnesota. We should have won that game. Da, 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 da. Like, okay, we're close. Hey, Colorado, man, we just kind of let go of the rope a little bit in the third quarter, putting the ball on the ground uncharacteristically. Man, I probably didn't do a good enough job. Okay, let's just do this. It's just a process for me that's very, like, methodical, right? And it's like, okay, fix this, fix this. Oh, that looks good. Let's do more of this. For a lot of guys, it's like, man, three years of this, you know, and they're hearing that probably out there a lot, right? And it's like, for me, it's two games. For them, it's three or four years, and so it feels hopeless. To me, it feels exciting, exhilarating. It's like, all right, man, we're like, we, we competed against Minnesota all the way to the very end. We let it go of it. Like, that was our fault. It wasn't, it wasn't like, hey, we have a long, we got to go out and recruit some more. It's like, we're close, right? So that's the challenge. As I sit there in my office last night, it's 10 o'clock at night, or 9 o'clock at night, whatever it was. I'm sitting there with, kicking it with Giff or Nick or, I mean, I have great, great, great older players here, and they want to win so much. And just, you know, I'm talking to the younger players. It's just, you know, they, they certainly, they certainly feel, you know, like I can, I can just kind of go back and forth to work and, listen to a little country music and not pay attention. They, they're hearing and seeing everything. And so it's affecting them, obviously. But it's affecting them because they care. And that's what I love about them. And so I'm just going to keep trying my best to help them. Well, and there's that that tough love help. So you're a quarterback. That's the word. You're a quarterback until you aren't our quarterback anymore. Jeff Sims. And to keep being the quarterback, it's take care of the football and make winning plays. And to your point, Elijah, it's, well, first and foremost, not fumbling. Second of all, not living to fight another down. And there's going to be this tug of war, too, between the anti-Satterfield crowd, early anyway, and the, uh, the, the, the anti-Sims crowd. It'd be nice to see if Satterfield and Sims, A, gets healthy, but B, gets on the same page together where what's called is executed to what the, the coach and the offense and, think it can be. And that's part of finding what your identity is offensively is, is getting that connection between coordinator and quarterback and between quarterback and receiver and quarterback and running back. All that is a part of developing identity. I don't think Nebraska has an identity yet and it can be harder to, to go out and make winning plays whenever you don't know what the identity of your offense is because part of winning is going out there and executing your part within an offense. And if you don't know what the offense is, it's kind of hard to, to know what a winning play truly can be. And I'm not trying to defend Jeff Sims here by any means, but that's a part of this equation. Hill Varsity on the road here at the Single Barrel, live till 6. Hill Varsity continues. And now. And now, back to Hail Varsity Radio.
Elijah is nodding at me like, old man, wake up. We are back for one final segment this hour. Should, you're sure just getting the old, the, 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 I'm getting the Facebook uh, post updated. We're here at the single barrel, four to six, uh, down here, ninth and P, incredible stakes, over 200 whiskeys to and, choose from. And you're sure there's no whiskey in that cup to, right now? No, it's just water. Not, it's vodka. not vodka. Okay. It's not gin. It's just water. <laughs> promise you. So, yeah, get down here for a steak tonight. Get down here for uh, some steak and eggs Saturday uh, before Nebraska, Northern Illinois. So, there's more disrespect. I thought Dion was out of cards. He is not. Jay Norvell, former Nebraska assistant, and uh, our friend Brennan from the Black Hills is like, would you rather see a Colorado loss or a Nebraska win if you had to choose? And as much as I want Colorado to, to end the season 2-10, and 10, <laughs> Nebraska needs a win, man. Uh, not that we cheer, but I, I need a Nebraska victory just from, for the fan base's sanity. But here's what Coach Norvell had to say during his coach's show about being an adult, and we'll hear Prime's response. And I sat on with ESPN today, and I don't care if they hear it in Boulder. I told them I took my hat off and I took my glasses off, and I said, when I talk to grown-ups, I take my hat and my glasses off. That's what my mother taught <laughs> So that was a uh, standing O in the bar in Fort Collins. That was a shot at Dion. Every post-game or pre-game, and Prime's got his shades on and his hat, and you know, Jim McMahon also wore sunglasses at night and during the day because he had – light sensitivity issues. I don't know if that's Prime's thing or not, or he just looks cool, but he's always wearing shades. Dion responded. I'm out of my own business watching some film, trying to get ready, trying to get out here and be the best coach I could be. And I look up and I read some bull junk that Dan said about us. Talk to us. Once again, uh, talk to why would you want to talk about us when we don't talk about nobody? All we do is go out here, work our butts up, and do our job on Saturday. But when they give us ammunition, they unmasked around and made it what? It was just going to be a good game. They unmasked around and made it personal. It was going to be a great test, a battle of Colorado, but they unmasked around and made it personal. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> they messed around and made it personal. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. So, From Jay Norvell's point of view, realistically, based on what we've seen. What's he got to lose? It's a rivalry game, Elijah, and Dion's in Florida next year this time. And what's Dion going to do regardless of if you say anything? He's going to find a way to get some bulletin board material and make it personal. That's who Dion is. Dion wants some extra motivation before every single game. So you might as well get a shot in. If he's going to make it personal anyway, you might as well get in a little shot there and just let you know, hey, you're going to make it personal, but I want you to know it's personal for me too. No, it, it, it is, and it, it can be, and whatever it, it takes, right? Dr. Rob Zadiska this week told us about the time he uh, talked about the, the, the pipeline cutters that Colorado brought with him. That was a little manufactured. Hail Varsity is on the road here at the Single Barrel. It is time for a, a steak and a drink. Come get fed and watered. We're hanging out till 6 tonight. As you can find us here, uh, 9th and P. Hail Varsity continues, and we're presented by Currency. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. 
This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Back with you, it's Hour 2 at Tail Varsity Radio. We're on the road here at the Single Barrel, getting ready for a football weekend in Lincoln. Back from Boulder, and we say hi to the Hall of Fame coach, Gary Barnett. Coach, we see each other about every 5 to 7 to 10 years in person. Whenever Nebraska's playing or you're on the road for radio, it was awesome to see you before kickoff last Saturday. How's your week been? Uh, you know, I, I came down with a little little bug after the game and, and actually i think it started sunday night we had a real cold heavy rain and we had a big event for our foundation and i i think i just caught a little cold so i i'm just now coming back uh and my voice is somewhat normal although a little deeper than normal so uh it, it, it's been one of those weeks where i take nyquil to go to sleep and dayquil to get through the day and but I think I'm over that now and ready for the next episode of primetime football. Well, it is the next episode. Is he's been he's done the morning talk shows again, and there's all sorts of buzz that continues with Colorado and and the Buffs being two and zero up to number eighteen in the country. What did you think of of the Nebraska Colorado game? Colorado ended up putting a hurting on the big red it was tight until about uh, you know the the four minute mark in that third quarter Nebraska actually got on the board 13 to 7 and then uh, the answer drive by Shadour and company to, to put it back up to 20 to 7. yeah the uh, you know you were talking about being on the morning show he's on 60 minutes Sunday and we've got both game day and uh, big noon on campus on Saturday, and we don't have a game till eight o'clock at night. So it just keeps going. Uh, I thought Nebraska had a really good defensive plan for us. You know, they they dropped eight and they needed to drop eight. They brought six and forced our running back to fort to block a, a bigger defender, and he ran over Dylan Edwards several times. He got sacks. Um, you know, and then finally, see you put a bigger back in so that he could they could protect the quarterback. And I, I just thought they had a really good defensive plan and caused uh, Colorado to have to really work. And had it not been for the turnovers that Nebraska committed, which I think we caused one, but it, they, the other two were self-inflicted, you know, that game goes right down to the wire, in my opinion. Because we we had trouble getting it figured out. Once we got it figured out, we were okay. But uh, then we could move the ball. But I thought Nebraska a, really a good tackling team. Uh, again, I thought they had a really good plan on defense. Uh, offensively, you know, they they had two long runs. You know, they had a 57 yarder and a 44 yarder or something like that. And so, um, you know, they they can do it. It's just that they they keep turning the ball over, and that's that's really what's keeping them from probably being two and zero right now. Yeah. So, 
Gary Barnett. I don't know if they can fix that, Chris. Well, but, uh, that's that's the question, Coach. What what do you do? I mean, as offensive coordinator, as head coach, that's that's the next question. Is if Sims is healthy, he's the quarterback, and uh, you know, there's clamoring already for the backup or beyond. How long do you do you let a kid go to try and snap out of it? And then how long do you wait to make a change if there's still persistent turnovers? I mean, is, there's no right answer other than, you know, what's best for the team. Have you ever had to deal with anything like that? Oh, sure. Oh, yeah, you always have this. But in your case, you may have a backup. In our case, as you saw, we don't have a backup. And so we've got Shadur, and Shadur's going to be there, and you know, until he's not. But um, – uh, you guys at least had choices and we didn't have, we don't have those choices. So, um, you know, you can change your game plan a little bit. You know, he seems to struggle with the, uh, throws from the pocket. Um, he's certainly got a good enough arm to be on the run or bootleg and, uh, things like that. And you can create a, a scheme in which you can do that and get him throw the ball to the outside thirds. Um, you, you know, they're going to defend it eventually, but the one thing you have when, when you're moving on the move and you're going to the outside thirds is you've got a chance for him to run the football, you know, in college, the, the balls on, on the hash mark 76% of the time. So three out of every four plays, you have a wide side of the field to try to throw the ball into. And that it's also a hard thing to defend the wide side of the field. So, you know, you can do it. You just you hate to throw everything out the window after a full month of camp and a spring ball and that kind of stuff. And it takes it takes a lot of guts to do it. But you know, if he's if you're just dead set on having him be your quarterback, you got to find ways that he you got to throw the football. You have to at least, at least but you got to find a way to do it so that you eliminate the risk. And that's the number one way is to put him on the run, bootleg him, counter bootleg him. Um, you know, don't give him complicated throws. And I sure as heck would struggle throwing, letting him throw the ball over the middle, over the middle of the field. So mm-hmm. uh, that's just as I watch him, Chris. Mm-hmm. Coach Gary Barnett with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Offensively, there's been uh, some some frustration by the the fan base with Satterfield. And I don't know if what he wants to do is being asked of, of his quarterback that can't do it or, or what the situation is. Because you've had spring, you've had summer, you've had fall camp, and you have right now you're in season with, I mean, just some really questionable decision-making. And Nebraska has not thrown Sims under the bus. They've taken – accountability between different players and the coaches saying, you know, it's, it's our job to do better. But as a whole, when you look at the Nebraska offense, do you see some upside? Do you see a light at the end of the tunnel where, okay, this is what Nebraska wants to do. They could be able to do that. Well, I, one, I think you can run the football. I think both those backs are, are good players. Uh, I think utilizing Sims on the run uh, in the run game, I don't know that you ran a belly option against us. I don't recall calling it, but um, you, you know, that helps. 
you know, you, you, you've got big receivers and strong receivers, but you, you know, you, it's, it's not a matter of you have big play making receivers. And so, but a lot of people are in that position. And so you just got to make the most of it. And, uh, you know, I think you have to avoid trying to put, uh, 10 pounds of, you know, what into a four pound bag. And that, that that's, that's the, that's the struggle is, uh, at what point do you realize you can't put all that in that bag? So, uh, you got to go a little bit in a little bit different direction. Coach Gary Barnett with us. Coach, have you made much of the the midfield hubbub? You know what? I didn't even know it happened. I mean, we've never had a big thing about the Buffalo in the middle. Uh, in fact, I think the Buffalo's new. So I, <laughs> you know, I didn't, I didn't notice anything happen at the game. Never until I heard it in the post game. I, you know, I didn't pay any attention to it. I remember we went down to Florida State, and we had one guy go out and do something in the middle of the Seminole, and all of a sudden we had, you know, we had about thirty players surrounding us. And I remember going inside, and I said, "I'm not going to say his name," and I said, "Let me tell you what: you better play your butt off because you just caused a one heck of a fracas out there, and you made them angry. And the last thing we need is Florida State mad at us." So, uh, <laughs> but I didn't even notice it, to tell you the truth. And I haven't heard it except what was said on the press, mm-hmm. on the press conference. So, you know, you're looking for things if that's, if that's a big deal. Well, that's kind of the, the response back here. Coach, going to ask you a little bit here about Colorado State. How's the, the, the week been? What's that rivalry like? What's it, what's it like going from Nebraska to Colorado State? I'm really intrigued to watch our response to this game, Chris, because every one of our players are from somewhere else and they're not from Colorado. They have no idea about this rivalry, even though Shadur and Shiloh visited there when Mike Bobo was the head coach. Um, you know, if they, if Colorado doesn't really respect this football team and there's a way that can happen when you're 22 point uh, uh, favorites. Mm-hmm. If they don't really respect this team, this team is good enough to really cause you problems. They had a week off, you know. They they benched their quarterback. They're going to play a different guy. They they have players. Um, you know, uh, Jay Norvell's done a really nice job. I mean, he's a good coach, and he's he's in the right place, and he's doing it the right way they've struggled last year but i don't know i uh every game for me is a new adventure with this football team and like i've said i think i said it to you i can tell you when my team is ready but i can't tell you when somebody else's is ready and so uh it's it's a new adventure for me every time i go to practice so i all i can say is i i just know that coaching that game as long as i did that it if you want to win by 22, you better respect the snot out of those guys and play your best because this is not a 22-point victory just walking into the field and throwing your jerseys out on the field. So, um, you know, it, it's an 8 o'clock game. Uh, the good news is everybody's going to get to watch our game. And so if you haven't seen Colorado, uh, you know, you're on the 
East Coast, if you can stay up that late, you're going to get a chance to see Colorado. So we're, we're going to have a big, big audience uh, Saturday night. So that's that's the good side. The downside is it's 8 o'clock at night, but that doesn't make you kids you know, at all. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the number that Nebraska-Colorado pulled? Just a couple hundred thousand shy of Bama, Texas, over that 8 million number. Well, it's that's two weeks in a row we've had those kind of numbers. We've had the second highest rated game. And so it just, you know, it speaks to the appeal that one that Colorado has, but I think even more so it's, it's Deion Sanders and what's happened here in the first two games. And really even the first game goes back to what's happened over the last nine months and the star power that this guy has. And, you know, I don't even know if you knew all the, the rappers and the stars that were at the game and NFL stars. And I mean, we had, we had probably 30, uh, 15 to 17 celebrities in the stands there. And uh, so it's, it's just attracting a huge audience right now. So Snoop, T.O., Irvin, who, who am I missing? Wu-Tang? Wu-Tang, Sap. Oh, uh, Warren was there, huh? Yeah. Wu-Tang, which, which is some rap group from the your days, I think. Well, it's on your playlist, uh, Coach. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I mean, there was Dre, Drake. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, uh, Dr. Dre. That, they were all there. So, what the heck? We we had a, and I think, I don't know how many were on the sideline, but there were a number. Let's get into the uh, quick rapid fire. Uh, Coach Bielema, I'm sure, is a, a tad annoyed that, Big Noon is not in Champaign this weekend, but they're staying in Boulder. That being said, Penn State travels to Illinois. Illinois got rocked by a really good Kansas team, and here comes Penn State, minus 14 and a half. Yeah, I'll tell you, uh, Kansas is good, though. That is a good football team, and uh, uh, I think 14 and a half is about right. I think Penn State will probably beat them by, by at least that much. How about Minnesota at North Carolina, minus seven and a half. Gophers aren't flashy, but, you know, P.J. has pretty good front seven. I know North Carolina's uh, pretty explosive, big rivalry win to, to open the year. Yeah, and I'm not sure how to read that. North Carolina, you know, barely beats App State. I mean, it's a fight, but App State's that team you don't want to play. You don't want to play App State. Don't put them on the schedule, please. Uh I, uh, I I sort of I think this is going to be an intriguing game to watch, and I think seven and a half is about right. I think North Carolina wins by by about a touchdown, and so I think it's a tough call for, if you're going to bet the line because I think that's about right. And to uh, to give Minnesota eight points, that's uh, I think that's a that's a tough decision to make right there because I think that's right on it. Does Michigan State play ticked off, or does Washington drop a nuke? I mean, it, it, what a week it's been in East Lansing. Washington is, can drop a nuke, whether they're mad or unmad or what. They're so good. <laughs> they they drop a nuke walking out on the field. But, uh, yeah, Michigan State's that's a screwed-up situation right now. And it just depends how personally that team takes what's happening and uh, but it's a mess. I'm Washington's going to win the game. 16 is probably about right. To, you know, I can see them winning by three touchdowns. But Washington's really, really good. That coordinator, Grubb, 
is just dynamite, man. That is, he is one of the best play callers I've seen. Tennessee, are they on upset alert down in the swamp? Oh, you'd like to hope so because this has always been such a big game. Uh, but it's it's like an afterthought this week uh, because Florida's playing so bad. Tennessee hasn't lived up to its hype. I think Tennessee wins the game a six-and-a-half-point favorite. I think they're a 14-point winner. Mm. Gary Barnett, coach, enjoy uh, primetime again. Thanks for a few minutes today. Good uh, talking some ball with you. All right, Chris. Great being with you. Thanks. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Good stuff from Coach Barnett. Hale Varsity Radio Road Show here at the Single Barrel. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We welcome in Husker Hall of Famer and a longtime Major League Baseball vet. World Series champ Jobber Chamberlain kicks it with us as he's gearing up for some postseason baseball. And, of course, it is football season. Jabba, good to see you, man. How you doing? You know, just hanging in there. You know, it's uh, it's one of those things we're getting getting down to the point where it's, you know, there's so many sports and everything on now and just, you know, just excited about, uh, you know, all things that are going on. How excited are you about a former Yankee that's got the sports world by storm where do you stand on coach prime man you've hung out with everybody right you i should say everybody's hung out with you let me rephrase that uh mcconaughey roger uh chuck i mean you you got a you got a good circle of dudes you hung out with prime has prime hung out with jabba yeah we actually yeah we have before and indirectly it obviously wasn't us together but i mean just he he's one of those things that just exudes what he is. And I, I mean, I think that is just, you know, reading the stories and two and obviously born a Braves fan and obviously him over going over there and, and, and doing the things that he did with the Braves and, and listening to stories about, um, you know, just him being a teammate and he treated me great. Don't get me wrong. But uh, I just, everything that I've heard from his teammates prior that he, he was just, you know, an awesome dude to play with and, and to be around. And, you know, obviously we've, we've seen some different things, but it's, uh, you know, you can't, you can't take anything away from him. That's for dang sure. Well, it's uh, another uh, enemy made for, for rivalry <laughs> week part two with Colorado state. That's been a talking point. Uh, his, his kids are chiming in and chirping in and Java, you're a big Nebraska fan. What do you make of the year so far? You know what? I mean, it, it, it's a lot to be said. And, and I think obviously we we've definitely understand what it's going to go and, and what it's going to be. And rules. He, he's came out and said, you know, this is going to take time and the the understanding of what it is. And, you know, obviously, do I think we have the right guy at the helm? One hundred percent. But also we can't expect everything to turn around immediately. Like it, it, it's going to take time. We're going to have to be patient, and as we all know, we aren't very patient people when it comes to Husker football. So we we have to, uh, you know, just you know, take a deep breath and, and and get back to work. And you know, I, I think we have the right people at the helm to uh, to get this thing turned around for sure. Java, you're a guy that that played the sport of baseball. And what I know about baseball is among all the sports you play, it might have the biggest mental aspect. Whether you're on the mound, whether you're in the batter's box, whether you're playing the hot corner, it doesn't really matter. Mental. Uh, the mental aspect is such a huge part of baseball. Whenever you look at Jeff Sims, 
do you see a guy that's struggling mentally at the quarterback spot at Nebraska from the, the, the drop snaps in the shotgun formation to, to missing his guys late, locking in on a guy? Do you see a guy that, that might maybe struggling with the, the mental side of the game to football? You know, I, I just think coming into it, it's, it's obviously a lot to be expected, you know, coming into that role. But also, too, it's like the, the, the hardest thing and, and the thing about baseball, which is great, but it's also miserable, is we're set up to fail. But I get the opportunity to turn around the next day to get after it. You know, he has to sit on it for a week. Mm. And, you know, and I think that's that's the hard part, especially. And, and let's be honest, we're, we're talking about young men. We're, we're not talking about grown adults doing things like we're talking about young men and the understanding of what, you know, what it is and, and what's the burden on his shoulders, not only, you know, coming into a program that's obviously with a new coach and everything and, and that, but it's, it's also to know that you're the starting quarterback for Nebraska with the storied tradition that it has. I don't necessarily think it's, it's, it's him not handling it or not doing whatever. It's just, he has to come into his own, and obviously we, we all know he's better than what he's shown, and, and it's, you know, hopefully he can get healthy and get his legs under him, and, and you know, he can come out and show show what he can do. Jabba Chamberlain with us, Hale Varsity Radio here at the Single Barrel as we're here on Home Football Thursdays and Home Football Saturdays. Jabba and had a, a listener, Tim, going to put this graphic up. Uh, when it comes to learning through losing, does it have a shelf life? Man, it makes you so hungry if you fall short to go back and get it done. You guys experienced that in the postseason and then obviously got over the top and won that World Series. You got past some teams that had traditionally been pretty big time in the Big 12, and you guys won Big 12 championships. So you've had to climb the ladder and you see it in sports. I think of Jordan and the bulls, right? Finally getting by the Pistons, at least for my era. And uh, Nebraska's still been kind of stuck in that rut. Touch on, on that topic for a moment here, trying to, to exercise the demon of, of a loss. And, and for Nebraska, it's been this way, but it's, it's not the same because it's a new regime. Yeah. And, and I think, I think there's, there's some validity to that in, in the shelf life. But my old is like, how long do you allow that to be on the shelf? Like, let, okay. let's get rid of it. Let's, you know what, it's there. But at the same time, it's like, we know what we are and what we can accomplish, but how long do you let that shelf stay up? And then once you get rid of that shelf, it's like, you know, you go back and, and, and like rule of he's, he's literally he's like, everybody's, some people are carrying an O and two, we're carrying O and O going in to try to be one and O at this sure. point. And so I think it's and when, when he presents that question of what shelf life, okay, how long is that shelf going to stay up? Are you going to let it stay there and you're going to keep going off like, Oh, well, we lost our first two. Or are we going to have eliminate that shelf and be like, all right, we're O and O. What can we do now? It's Java Chamberlain with us here. Hail varsity radio as uh, we talk some Husker football and we, Turn, uh, switch gears now and, and talk some MLB as Jabba, the playoff race is heating up. I personally think I might have jumped on the Orioles bandwagon for the year. Damn, have they been impressive uh, out there in, uh, in Baltimore, Camden Yards. Tell me just a, a little bit about the, the playoff race and, and some of the races you're going to be watching over the next couple of weeks as uh, we get ready for October. I, d- I definitely, as, as an AL East guy, I definitely have, have jumped on that bandwagon as well. Like They're just they're fun to see those guys, Gunner and Adley, and, and just – 
you know, Cedric and the guys that they that they have, um, seeing if their pitching staff holds up, and I and I think it will. They they've been fun to watch, but I mean, the fun part coming in down. It's I mean, there's there's two weeks left. There's 14 games. You know, some have 15 with some makeups or, but I I think the fun part is coming down to it. It's who gets hot at the right time, and and the fun part about it is who's going to play spoiler because there's there's going to be teams that are. No, they're out of it, but the fun part is watching them ruin somebody's season. As, as, as that's happened to me as well, it's like, it's fun It's to watch and like, no, it's like, hey, we're not getting to the postseason, but you know what? It, it's fun to, to, I guess, ruin somebody's season. I mean, for lack of a better term, but I, I just think coming down to it with, you know, with college football and NFL and the playoffs, and I mean golf. We can even go. We got the Ryder Cup coming up. I mean, there's just so much sports going on that, like, it it makes my heart happy. And and really looking forward to obviously the postseason. I think it's it's fun how they change the wild card and how it's not one game. It's a two out of three, and you know just how that changes that dynamic. But it, it's just such a fun time for sports all around. Java, how lucky did we get to to have you know a, a series? like Tampa at Baltimore as tight as that race is in the east to, to have well the deciding series right now you, you mentioned there's 14 games left but you're going to have three key ones here for some pole position I know Tampa's in, in a great spot wild card wise but man they were they're supposed to crank out 130 wins this year and they fell off a cliff Baltimore's been great to your point but timing's everything are you taking Atlanta versus the field would you uh, would you lay that? I, th- I I was doing something the other day. The odds of them getting to as of right now is like eighty six percent. And I mean, it's it's just hard to bet against those dudes. I mean, it's love watching them play. Obviously, as a Braves fan growing up and and being a, you know baseball guy, but it's just fun to watch it. And you know what I, what I love about like what baseball is doing, and we've talked about this on the show before, is like they're letting kids be the kids and they're letting them do the things that makes this game fun. But also too, it's like, and and I look at it as a Yankees fan too. They have seven games against Tampa and the Red Sox coming up. They're seven back. I'm Mm. not saying it's out of the realm of possibility, but stranger things have happened. Like in, in coming back, you get hot at the right time in the last two weeks. You've seen what the Rockies did. What was that the year they got to the World Series? 2007. They won 21 games in September. Elijah knows his Rockies history. Uh, part one of the doubleheader, it was uh, Boston 5, New York nothing. Uh, but then, you're right. You got time. Yeah, you you got I mean, and it's, it, it's running out. But at the same time, it's like when you're playing against those foes and playing against your division, especially coming down to the end, then you got a chance. You, you hold it, and it's – I mean, you play 162 for a reason. Do I do I think they're going to? I mean, when you have one of the best pitchers in baseball and you, you can't get him more than two runs in, in how many starts, I mean, it's just it's, – it's tough to go about it. But, you know, it's – that's the fun part about what September is. You never know what's going to happen. Java, tell me about the AL West. You have three teams within two games with the Astros, Rangers, and the Mariners. Not asking you to pick a winner, but who are you going to be rooting for down in the AL West? Because that feels like it could be anyone's division. And I think so, too. Obviously, Max going down hurts. Um, I, I think, to the 
the pitching staff from from the Rangers side of things is is a little depleted. Um, one of my favorite players in the world is literally Michael Brantley. I think he's one of the most underrated hitters in all of baseball. I think he's absolutely fantastic, and that team's fun too. You got you got those guys, and and you know you have everything that goes with them, and it's. It's tough to bet on them. I mean, everybody can say whatever they want about hitting trash cans or doing whatever, but at the end of the day, you still got to hit the baseball and do the things that they've done. So you can't take the winning aspect out of it, and they've they've shown that they can win. And I I think from that aspect, I, I would probably say the Strohs. And what's unique about the Astros, they're much better away from home than they are at home this year. Barely above 500, 38 and 37 at home, but they're 45 and 27 on the road. That means that's a team you don't want to play in the postseason. Well, and that's the same thing when they supposedly were cheating. They had a better record on the road than they did at home anyways. Mm-hmm. So it's like, at the I, I don't care if you know what's coming. You still got to hit it. You're going to fail 70% of the time and be great. So you know what? Who cares? Java Chamberlain, Java Walt, run you down next week. Get some more baseball thoughts, some more Husker football anecdotes, and probably, uh, well, maybe a little more prime uh, because the world's watching him and, I love the fact you guys were able to, to connect. Jabba Chamberlain. Uh, and uh, Jabba, I always appreciate you giving us some time, brother. You always got it. Yep, there he is, Jabba Chamberlain, with us here on Hale Varsity, uh, here live at the Single Barrel. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Tail Varsity Radio. We're here at the Single Barrel, at the Single Barrel Till 6, the home football week. Thursdays, where we'll be here at the Single Barrel. And uh, we'll post up on game day Saturdays here at the Single Barrel inside the Graduate 9th and P. Great uh, folks having us out here. Many whiskeys to choose from. Plenty of steaks. Your home game hangout, the Single Barrel. So we will check in with Danny Burke, allegedly. Danny is no doubt picking and choosing where he wants to go in that NFL matchup tonight. We'll ask him the pointed question, minus 11 and a half, good idea, bad idea, or just bring more whiskey. We bring in Danny Burke at Danny Burke 5 on Twitter's where you find him. Can log on and check out Danny's site, burksbeat.com. Danny, how are we doing today? Fellas, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on as always. And uh, hopefully we have some positivity to actually look forward to this weekend with a nice uh, W for the boys in the red after this Saturday. Huh? And, and Danny, you, t- you told me while you're doing this segment here, you're on hole 18 right now? Yeah, I am on hole 18 right now. But look, it's no issue. I, first of all, I always enjoy being out with you guys. And then secondly, it's not been an entertaining route. Well, it's been entertaining for people watching me have some bad shots. But it hasn't been an enjoyable round necessarily for your boys' scorecard. So uh, no, no issues doing this whatsoever. So the long and short story is Danny is up in the captain's game <laughs> uh, on the golf course, and, and Danny gets free drinks uh, because he is winning the round. Does Nebraska <laughs> win Saturday? Does Nebraska cover Saturday? Danny, let's start there before some NFL. Oh, man, you know, I, I probably have to stray away from actually betting it uh, until I can uh, trust the team a little bit more. So, I mean, you guys understand that side before the conversation about this team covering. But, look, I mean, 
they did cover the first game of the year, so you got to give credit where credit's due. Second game, I guess, wasn't the most appalling thing to see that come to fruition. But, look, against this Northern Illinois team, I was in the press box the last time they came around. And what was unfortunate, or what is unfortunate, is that um, both my parents went to NIU and some friends, so that wasn't fun the first go-around for <laughs> myself. But hoping it can be better this time. And, look, let's be honest, it should and it will. I mean, regardless of what the quarterback situation is going to look like, you can design your offense to still move the ball downfield and play to some strengths to where he's not being needed to force the throw. And I know a majority of his problems have also come with just having butterfingers post-snap, but, I mean, my goodness, you should think with the home crowd behind his back that he should be able to feel a little bit more sense of calmness and relax and just be able to trust the offensive plays and that the right guys will be in the spots they need to be. And the defense has been solid. What they've been doing as much as they can. It's been a bend-don't-break because they've been trying to hold on so strong while the offense has been trying to make strides. But, again, this is a ginormous get-right spot for Nebraska, meaning get your mentality in the right place, understand you're still a solid football team just a couple pieces away, and I think they'll be able to manage that this upcoming weekend. And I get that. You know, teams in the past had trouble covering maybe and big spread situations against some of these teams. But I think this team will be fired up, pissed off, ready to put on a show in front of the home crowd. So if I had to, I'd look to laying with the Huskers. But again, fellas, I don't know if I want to put myself through more nonsense than I need to. But that's the way I'd be leaning towards. Danny Burke with us here, Burke's Best Bets on Hale Varsity Radio as we switch gears and talk some NFL. And Danny, let's start off with Thursday Night Football. And I think the question that needs to be asked with the Vikings being uh, the – uh, six-point underdogs is, are you a believer in primetime Kirk Cousins? There seems to be some magic there, and there's been some uh, some late action on the Vikings with uh, some people coming in. According to what I've seen on Twitter, laying some big bets on the Vikings' money line. Are you a believer in primetime Kirk Cousins tonight? I'm not a believer in them to win outright, but I don't mind taking them with the points. Now, we have to understand this spread was at 7.5 for about the beginning half of this week, so that's crossed over the key number of 7, and like you alluded to, Elijah, now you're seeing it at 6. And I personally don't feel comfortable taking six with the Vikings, per se, at seven or better. Sure, of course, because that's the most key number there, seven and three. So if you had it seven or seven and a half, that was your chance to take it with the Vikings. Now that it's at six, honestly, the way I would play it would be teasing down the Philadelphia Eagles to just to pick them and look to pair them up with somebody like the Bills this weekend, like the Cowboys, get one of those teams under the key number of three. But instead of doing anything in that regard, and I tweeted out a full video of this if you want more in-depth analysis, but I took a prop. I took Alexander Madison under 51.5 rushing yards. By the time the video was released, and it may still be there now, 50 in the hook is the number that was available, and I'd still play that. I mean, this Eagles interior is lethal, and they really locked up the running game of the Patriots last week. And if you have the idea that I do that, Philadelphia probably does lead for a majority of this game. Kirk Cousins and company wasn't efficient in the run game against the Bucks last week. Don't think it's going to translate this week. And they'll be trailing, so they'll be needing to throw, implement the play action with Kirk Cousins, get it to your playmakers in Jefferson, Addison, Hawkinson and company. And that should be the main focal point. And we saw that happen in this exact matchup last year. The run game was nowhere to be found with Dalvin Cook or Alexander Madison last year. So I think 50.5 is a tad bit too high. I think they're going to be playing keep up, and that's why I think you look to save the Vikings running back in this situation and take his rushing yards under. Danny Burke with us, uh, burksbeat.com, and Danny Burke 5 on Twitter. Game of the weekend for me is Kansas City and Jacksonville. Chiefs, uh, a road favorite at minus three and a half. 
man, that was a tough one for them to open things up against Detroit. Do they bounce back? Do you like you like getting points in Jayville at home? Oh, man, I hate this game because I love Jacksonville. <laughs> I love Trevor Lawrence. I like this Jags team a lot. And while I do think this is a good spot for them to cover, I mean, Kansas City, after losing the fashion they did last week, you got to think they come out with intensity. You get Travis Kelsey, presumably, back in the mix, and then Chris Jones finally signed his contract. So the team's going to be looking better. But is that going to be enough? That's the tough part about this. I mean, if you're over the key number three, I'd have to go toward the side of Jacksonville for just playing the numbers. And because Jacksonville, traditionally, with Trevor Lawrence, have actually played this Kansas City team very strongly. So, yeah, if it's over three, I think you got to look Jacksonville. But, look, if you want a little bit more security, if it does teeter below the key number three, maybe it just tees up the Jacks from plus two and a half to plus eight and a half. But the Jacks should give them a hell of a battle here. I think it probably comes down right to the last second. So this one may be more, I mean, as expected, a higher scoring affair. And props could be coming in bountiful amounts. So that may be the ulterior or uh, the alternative angle to look at. And, uh, yeah, maybe that's the best way to go for it. But this one might be the most enjoyable one to watch. That's for sure. Danny, real quick, do you have a Major League Baseball play tonight? I've got nothing in baseball. I hated the slate. I hate to say it because usually I come with a baseball play for you guys. But I will give you a couple other angles for football that I'm looking at. Believe it or not, I'm looking to back Elijah's Broncos this weekend against the Commanders. Lane three in the hook. As gross as that may seem, I think Russ will actually look efficient. And Peyton certainly wins the head coaching battle. So uh, I'm fading Sam Howell, backing Elijah's Broncos this weekend. And then perhaps... Um, I was looking at the fade some running. Oh, it was Brian Robinson. Yeah, I think I may fade his rushing yards, too. Uh, look to have him have a slow down the ground attack against a really strong defensive interior that the Broncos have as well. So, yeah, all in on the Broncos this week and Elijah. I love it, Danny. Right. Last thought here, 10 seconds. Have you taken your Jets under on the season wins totals to the bank yet? You know, I was feeling okay. It's a terrible way to celebrate, and then they still managed to win. But, I, you know, I can't pout about that too much because of what occurred. But, uh, no, crazier things have happened. So I'm still, still waiting just a little bit. Daddy Burke, uh, burksbeat.com. Daddy, take care. Thanks for the time. All right, you got it, fellas. Have a good night. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time here inside the graduate is Hale Varsity Radio. At the single barrel, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Elijah, are we going to do a steak and a beer tonight with Philly? It's up to you. you. Make that happen. Oh, we're sounding all sorts of confident. Well, it's up to you. I mean, how do you want to handle it? I kind of like. You're you're uh, the one who's two games in the hole here. You're the one who owes me two steaks, so. Is it two or one? It uh, depends if you count the the Colorado Nebraska prediction last week as a steak and a beer or not. If did not, we a, well, did did we did we bet a steak and a beer or no? I, you tell me. I, maybe we didn't. I don't believe we did. Okay, so then it's just one. It's just one so far this NFL season. I'll, I'll lay I'll lay the points and take Philly. Oh oh six done, done. You I was I, I was going to take the Vikings anyway. The Vikings cover a six pointer for sure. So you're going to be watching this. I'll cover. You'll owe me a steak, and there'll be some sort of personal injury you're going to come up with. And I'm going to send you to your friends at Dyer Law. Mm-hmm. All right? Dyer Law, if you've been hurt in a personal injury accident, you can always count on your friends at Dyer Law, the team to provide you with a helping hand you need no matter 
what you're dealing with. Call Dyer Law today at 402-393-7529 or visit Dyer.Law to chat with a trusted professional about your personal injury claim. Dyer.Law, that's Dyer.Law, 402-393-7529. Numbers to get in here at 489-1240. As Hale Varsity on the road. Uh, I am going to have... I'm thinking I'm having the fillet tonight, Elijah. Mm, that would that would be good for you. I I did in fact end up having the mac and cheese with hot dogs inside last night, and let me tell you what, did, did you? Glorious, glorious, loved it. Did you go? Did you go Hebrew National? Did you go Fairbury? Did you go Ballpark? What kind of dogs are we talking? I think they're Johnsonville. I think. Nice. All right. I don't know. They were, so they're bro- you went brats instead of the hot dog. I think it was hot. It was like it's like the double cheddar hot dog as I was getting into yesterday. It, it says it's new right. on the packaging. I'm not sure if it actually has double cheddar, but let me tell you what. Fantastic in the craft thick and creamy mac and cheese. I cannot recommend it enough. As for tonight, I'm going to be sticking around here and I'm going to be doing some high school sports for Thursday uh, for the Thursday night as we have Good. I believe it's Lincoln East taking on Lincoln Northeast tonight. I'm, uh, I'm in the production chair, so it might be a Taco Bell kind of night for your boy if I can have some some time to get over to Taco Bell before uh, high school football gets kicked off here in about an hour. You are you are thinking long and hard about all the burritos you're going to hammer. No, no, no burritos. Uh, no burritos. Thing. Here's the thing. No. One dollar spicy potato soft taco. It's undefeated at Taco Bell. I've been getting it for years. It's the best dollar item you can get in America right now because dollar menus have gone away. Taco Bell still has the $1 spicy potato soft taco. Highly recommend. All right. Tomorrow on the show, we'll spend time with Jacob Padilla. Big recruiting weekend. The pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman, joins us. Brady Altman's going to check in. And, yes, the infamous, the mysterious, the imaginary Clausburn. He'll be back with the Friday forecast. can always get the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, for Hale Varsity Radio, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel, and uh, find us and watch us both ways there. Thanks to everyone who's chimed in on the stream as well. We'll get to more comments tomorrow. Reminder to buckle up. Use your seatbelt. It saves lives. It prevents injuries only if properly worn. Buckle up. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Big thanks to Jabba Chamberlain, Gary Barnett, Brandon Vogel, Danny Burke. Talk tomorrow at 4 on Hale Varsity, presented by Currency. A Huda Media Production.